I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back in KSL News Radio, BYU basketball on the road, getting ready for another game here on Saturday. And I'm joined now by BYU forward Gideon George. And Gideon, this has been an eventful year for you in a lot of different ways. It's your senior season, so that in and of itself makes it a memorable one. And then had a, another great shoe drive, and then you've gotten married too. It's it's been a it's jam packed year for you. It's been really fun, you know, and it's been a lot of stress, you know. And, uh, yeah, I get married to the most beautiful gay in the whole world. So, <laughs> and um, the shoe drive was amazing. Cougar uh, Nation, they turned out really well. We got 8,000 pairs of shoes, so we're changing 8,000 uh, live in Mina, Nigeria. So, that's really awesome. And basketball is going great, you know, and I'm just loving the process. I saw with the the shoes, you mentioned 8,000 pairs of shoes, which was a, a great turnout. I know the goal was 10, but still 8,000, that's outstanding. I saw that, I believe, the truckloads in, like, Baltimore, and uh, it's on its way. So what's, like, the process with those shoes? Do, can you, If you can share with our listeners about uh, where those 8,000 pairs will end up and how it will be distributed and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so um, the first trip is... Uh as you say, Baltimore is going to uh, Washington. Um, from Washington, they're shipping it out to uh, Lagos, Nigeria. So when it gets to Lagos, uh, it's going to be by the port. So it, I don't know how long it's going to take to get to Nigeria. But when it gets to Lagos, Nigeria, so we'll send a driver from Mina to Lagos. he get a bus like 15 hours to go pick up the shoes and bus back 15 hours to Mina to go um then we got people stand by in Nigeria that would distribute the shoes to kids in Nigeria. Do you have any plans to get out there to, to Nigeria after the basketball season? Yeah, I'm working on that, and hopefully it worked out all good. I would love to go back. I miss my friends, my family yeah. in Nigeria. It's been a lot of fun seeing those uh, shoe drives here, here during your time at BYU. Talk with Gideon George here on, on KSL News Radio. You mentioned that uh, at times this season has been, you know, a little bit maybe stressful. If, if uh, what's been maybe some of the most challenging or, or difficult parts of this season, but also the most rewarding too. Um, you know, we got a young group of guys. You know, 
Uh, we got a lot of freshmen coming in this year, and they've been so awesome. And um, just, you know, during the summer till now, you know, guys just learning the system. We got a few guys that transferred into, you know, it's really hard to learn a system. So, and I'm super proud of the guys who are doing that, like keeping up with the pace and like knowing what the coaches preaches every day out here. And some games, you know, um, we don't want to lose, but the outcome, we cannot change that, but we can control what we can control, like playing hard and rebounding, like doing the little things that matter, diving on the floor. So I'm super proud of this group, especially Richie Sanders with the energy he brings to the team, the way he, he plays so hard on both ends of the floor. So I'm really proud of you guys for that. Have you been proud of maybe your decision to withdraw from the NBA process and the transfer portal to come back to BYU for one more year. Have you been happy with that move? Yeah. Um, sometimes I reflect on that. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm really grateful that I came back, especially like with the relationship I have with Coach Pope. He's awesome. I've learned a lot from Coach Pope. And um, when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be one of the best coach I've ever played under. And um, so I'm really grateful for everything he did for me. And he really understand not only basketball, he understand life too. So, and he's been in the NBA before. And so he's been around too. So he really understand. And also I got great people all around me, like my brother helping me out with my decision. So he really fought like a lot of times going back and forth, but I'm grateful I came back here. What is it about Coach Pope that makes him, uh, you know, uh, the guys that play for him are, are just very loyal to him, and they, they speak glowingly about what Coach Pope means to them. If, for someone that's been now with him for three seasons, uh, what is it just uh, about him that uh, really kind of gets teams bought in and guys to, to believe in his system? Coach Pope is just unique, you know. Um, he... He's just the guy that will tell you to stop and he's going to do it. And he ain't going to, like, beat around the bush or, like, so even when he recruited me for my juco, he told me certain things and he still keep to that. So, and, like, him recruiting a do uh, like, somebody outside, his, he, uh, his coaching staff is going to go all out to recruit that person and they'll show you tons of love. That's the way they are. And so... Like, from onset, like, seeing Coach Pope, the way he recruited me so hard, coming to Hobbs in Mexico where there's, like, nothing, he came out there to come see me play. So I'm like, who is this coach? And so they invest in you. So And what he does, apart from basketball too, like, the way he will mentor you to be a leader. And I'm really grateful for being under Coach Pope. I think this is one of the best decisions of my life to come back and play for Coach Pope here at BYU. Gideon George is my guest here on, on KSL News Radio. It's a BYU basketball game day. And, and, and on the court, Gideon, you're having a season where you've got career highs and points, rebounds, uh, I believe steals, assists. Uh, so statistically, it, it's uh, been a very productive year for you. How do you feel and maybe assess how you've played thus far on the court? And what are you trying to uh, get done both individually and for the team down the final stretch here? Uh, uh, it's not all about me, though. It's about the team. Like Coach Paul preaches every day, how are you going to lose yourself in this team? This game is going to reward you when you lose yourself in this team. So I would say... 
like I want the best for everyone on this team, not only myself, everyone. That's why we come here and fight every day with the guys like playing, seeing my brothers playing hard on the court. So that's um, so it's not all about me. I really care about this team, like our outcome. Obviously, we want to make it to the big dance and make it to the tournament. That's the goal of this team. So in order for us to get our individual expectations, so this team will have to put this team forward. So when this team make it far, that's how our expectation will go far too. There's a good chemistry with this group. Uh, you know, one of the off-season themes for this team was BLRA, bringing that back. Because some of the guys that had on previous teams felt like that maybe went a little bit sideways last year do you feel like that's back uh, you know where the locker room the chemistry I know you guys are still building and got a lot of goals in front of you but just maybe the overall you know just chemistry and kind of getting along with everyone do you feel like that's back with this group yeah I feel I feel so because like this group we have right now we love each other everyone is like willing to like sacrifice for each other just as I say just losing yourself in this team and building the best locker room in America and like keeping your own personal agenda aside and bringing the team agenda. So I think a lot of um, dudes has buy that, you know. I've been on this team like two years ago seeing that. So I think seeing it right now, the guys has done a better job with that. You mentioned, uh, March, in the last few minutes here with uh, Gideon George, you just feel like uh, the, this team's best basketball is still ahead of them and uh, – to where you guys can make a run for the postseason. Yeah, totally. We still got a lot of ball games to play, and so we're just trying to take it a, ga- a game at a time and um, don't get too ahead of, us- of ourselves and just keep on, like, keying into what the coaches teaches every day and preaches every day. Well, Gideon, best of luck, and uh, it's been a pleasure uh, covering your time here at BYU. I, I think back to... Well, you know, when you had that visit here at the Gonzaga game, and I remember interviewing you after you committed to BYU, it's, it's amazing how fast time goes. But uh, uh, best of luck if we don't talk again here in the near future, and uh, wish nothing but the best, man. Uh, appreciate you guys for having me here. Thank you so much. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. It is a game day for BYU basketball. They're on the road, on the hilltop in San Francisco, fresh off. A loss uh, also in the Bay, just right around the horn at Santa Clara. That was a tough setback in which there were some good performances, some bad performances. Maybe before we take a deeper dive on the San Francisco team, Mitch, who do you think needs to show up tonight to get a win uh, and maybe right the ship a little bit against San Francisco? Because you had a lot of points from Rudy against Santa Clara. Foose only had six points. Like, where do you want to th- see things change from a personnel perspective? Gideon George has got to show up. And we heard from Gideon just moments ago, and you've heard the the unique ups and downs that he and this team have experienced this year. He, he noted that. Uh, it's been a unique year, too, for Gideon. He's gotten married. It's his final year. Uh, but offensively, he goes two points, 0 of 5 from the field, Two of three from free throw. I mean, he had some nice passes, some nice assists that uh, created opportunities for BYU on the offensive end. But his offensive game is a problem right now. And, you know, Mark Pope early in the season said, I'm paraphrasing here, it was in the first week or so of the season, he's talking about pulling the right levers at the right time. 
Is it time to pull a lever where you say, you know what, if we're going to drop these games to Santa Clara, and I know BYU was an underdog on Thursday night, so they kind of did what they were supposed to, but the manner in which they played, if you're going to lose like that, let's lose with the young guys and build to the Big 12. If you're going to have veterans in that lineup, what's the point? So do you start to consider pulling that lever and making a change if Gideon continues? That's maybe the question I have going into tonight, and I think it's a big game for Gideon and this team uh, against San Francisco. That's such a good point because you go back to that Santa Clara game a couple nights ago. You don't see a lot of run from Atiki Aliatiki. You don't see a lot of run from Richie Saunders. I mean, we we did see a brief Trey Stewart sighting, but he hasn't played much lately. It's just that's a good point because he's he's in the top three of minutes played for BYU per game. If you were to distribute those minutes out, you're getting a much better look at Richie Saunders, Trey Stewart. Maybe some more minutes for a Tiki Alley Tiki because you know what we haven't seen a lot, and I think it's time to see it. Why don't we ever see Foose and a Tiki playing together? Yep. Needs to happen, and we saw it against Pepperdine a little bit. It needs to happen more uh, because you're going to need those guys uh, in the Big Twelve. You know, a Tiki has to start to be unleashed. It might need to be a situation where kind of the training wheels have to go off. We start instead of talking about him as continuing to grow and and his development. It now needs to be results-driven. And, you know, Atiki had a lot of turnovers. Uh, it, it felt like he kind of had some costly turnovers, as so many players did in that game against Santa Clara. Uh, Atiki had three turnovers in that loss uh, to the Broncos. But, you know, I, I don't I don't fault him because I think he's going to be a, a, an important piece for BYU in the Big 12, and I think you want to put him in positions where he can have success. And so tonight's game against San Francisco, I mean, whenever you go to the Hilltop, I think naturally, Matt, I, I think to myself, some guard is going to go off. And one of those guys <laughs> is a familiar name. That's Khalil Shabazz. And, you know, he's someone that needs no introduction to BYU fans. This is a San Francisco program that went to the NCAA tournament last year. They got a new head coach in Chris Gerlufson, uh, who was the assistant head coach last year. So he knows the, um, this, the Todd Golden system, the Kyle Smith system that they've had. At San Francisco, they've had some struggles uh, this season, but this is a explosive San Francisco team that can absolutely give BYU some headaches. It's a toss-up game, and I'm curious to see what BYU team shows up. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, Mitch, because this is a game where if you win this game, then you're going. Then you have a week off, so you get maybe a little more opportunity to get some practice time in. Maybe iron out some kinks before St. Mary's comes to town. And if you get San Francisco St. Mary's, you miss the opportunity to win the WCC, but you want to f- try and fight your way back to a to a, a third seed. Because if you can avoid Gonzaga until the championship round, that would be huge. If you're stuck in the four and five, that is going to be a very difficult road in, in a tournament in which I tweeted this out. I think you did too, Mitch. This tournament is going to be crazy because Gonzaga is not unbeatable as we saw against LMU and BYU, for that matter. So anything can happen if you're playing the best basketball at the right time in March in this conference this season. But you want to put yourself in a position to where it's not so hard that you're playing three difficult games to win the tournament. So this game is big tonight because it gets you to what, five and three? 
Then you're back home against St. Mary's. You'll have a rock at Marriott Center. They're going to show up, but it all hinges on tonight. Big game, 6 o'clock tip here on KSL News Radio. BYU and San Francisco. Cougars won on the Hilltop last year. They lost in Provo. Then they lost in the WCC tournament where there was a little bit of controversy. Jamari Bouye, he had that late dunk where he was kind of throwing yeah. it in BYU's face. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of heat uh, between BYU and San Francisco. Some of the characters from last year are obviously gone, but uh, that maybe has a little bit of a carryover possibly into this tonight's game. BYU and San Francisco. Let's take a break. We'll break down the game a little bit more in depth and then give our score predictions as well as Cougars get ready to take on the Dons tonight here on KSL News Radio. This is Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. Every Saturday, all year long. Sports talk by Cougar fans. For Cougar fans, it's Cougar Sports Saturday. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Maimonte. On your legacy home of BYU Sports. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's BYU basketball game day. Cougars getting ready to take on San Francisco for the last time on the Hilltop. It'll be interesting, Matt, to see if BYU ever returns a visit to any of these venues. Maybe I already know the answer because they're going to be in the Big 12, but I have to imagine that BYU will never step foot in the Levy Center in Santa Clara ever again. They're never going to step foot in War Memorial Gymnasium. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there will be some sentimental feelings. but Absolutely not, (laughs) Mitch. There's only one place. Come on. I can't I believe you're even I, pondering I, this. Look. You're going back to Gonzaga <laughs> because you want to maintain that relationship. Yeah. But you are never going back to Moraga. Mm-hmm. You're never going back to the Hilltop. You're not. You, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Would, would no you, way. Would you play them in buy game, money games in December and November at the Marriott Center? Or or is that even no, no one scenario? Yeah. No, I, I would not. I... I if you want to soften the schedule, which you probably need to do, and I, look, I still want to play Gonzaga. I still want to go to a tournament. But then you're staying at home. You're playing SUU. You're playing Weber State. You're playing, uh, you know, Lindelbergs or whatever that team was that came earlier in the year. Like, <laughs> it sounds like a kind of a, a Harry Potter. Like, is that a, a, a feeder school to Hogwarts? I don't know. But uh, anyways. No, to the, the answer to your question, no. And I don't think those teams would want to come to Provo anyway. So it's it was a nice run. It worked out well for everyone until BYU was able to find a home in the Big 12. And you move on. Like it's – you're not looking up your ex-girlfriend from high school and catching up over ice cream. Like you've moved on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the way it needs to be. I agree. And there will be – no love loss with uh, San Francisco. It felt like the temperature on this series kind of ramped up with Todd Golden the past few years. There was those moments with Rex Walters, uh, you know, five, six, seven years ago. But uh, this has been at times a heated series, and San Francisco is one of the better programs, I think, in the West Coast Conference, where they're always in that four to five, six range, where they might be that team that could 
spring an upset, and usually that upset comes against a BYU. What should we expect coming off a loss, Matt, from this BYU team? I know that the the outcomes could just vary from night to night with this group, but what are you kind of expecting when you size up this matchup with the Dons? One thing I do keep coming back to, this team is frustrating. Don't get me wrong. They are. However, and I think you've noted this earlier in the show, you do have to tip your cap to these guys for fighting. There's never been quit in them. Even in the game against Santa Clara a few nights ago, it looked like they were going to roll over. Then Rudy Williams goes on this surge. And if he doesn't take that bad three-pointer, that was an air ball. I don't know. Who knows what happens? Like, that was a bad, you know, it was an ill-advised shot by Rudy. But they kept fighting to the bitter end. And, like, they've done that in a lot of these losses. Like, like they haven't had just an inexplicable loss where they get blown out by 30. Like, think about the loss to South Dakota. That was painful, and it was a bad loss, but they had a chance to win it after trailing by a lot. So I think what we can expect from this team is they're going to compete. They're going to fight hard. They're going to have chances to win the game. The question will be, can they take care of the ball? Can they rebound better? Because here's something we haven't talked about yet, Mitch. They have the turnovers. They have the so-so three-point shooting. But it was even rebounding against Santa Clara. If they could have taken care of the glass like they've done during their winning streak, maybe they win that game. So they have to rebound better, too, if they're going to overcome some of the deficiencies of the roster. Well said. I mean, I think that, you know, BYU has better chemistry on, on this year's team as far as in the locker room. You heard it there from Gideon George today on his interview with us. There is a better vibe a better feeling there's a there's more of a fight for one another in this team and I think that has led to BYU being a 14 win team and and I know that look the standard at BYU basketball I know that they they don't have the banners of final fours and whatnot but there's a rich history and a high standard that you win at BYU uh, but when they were 5-5 five and five against Utah Valley, maybe the the one loss that you would point to, Matt, and say it was inexcusable the way that played out, I thought this was a team that maybe at best would be a 12-win team. At best. And to sit here and still be 14-7 and seven and, and, and battling, uh, and, and all the losses they've had are pretty much to top 100 teams outside of South Dakota. You know, I, I think that they, they've they've done an okay job. And I still think there's better days ahead for BYU basketball because I still believe that Mark Pope will get it done in the portal. He will land a name that we are not, none of us are thinking of right now. He will pull them almost out of thin air, it'll feel like, and you'll go, whoa, that changes the whole face of the program next year. So that's maybe the saving grace. But the way that they play offensively, I want that tempo. You know, in the TV broadcast on Thursday – uh, Pete Gillen, the analyst, say what you will about him, but he's he's like, no, they're running and gunning. This is what they do. BYU, great program. Uh, <laughs> just like, well, they don't really run and gun anymore, Pete. Uh, this is not the Dave Rose running gun. I this, thought this, the, open, the, the opening to that broadcast was ridiculous when he was like, this is going to be back and forth, high-flying <laughs> basketball. And I'm like, have you watched this team? I want that to be true. 
believe me, I do. Because I like the up and down, run and gun. That has not been this team this no. year. It's, it's more St. Mary's-like than we would like to admit. But uh, that's the reality with this group. And I, I, I want to see BYU, you know, have – I want to see a great offensive performance today. Like, look, I'm always an offensive guy. I know that's probably like chalk uh, – fingers on the chalkboard to coaches. But – I want to see some high-powered offense from BYU today. You know, this is an offensive league, West Coast Conference. They they put up numbers. It's a mature, experienced league. You got to be able to score. You got to be able to knock down the three. I want to see a a high-powered offensive night. I want to see BYU shoot the three like they did against Gonzaga, and I want to see it paired up with the standard that they've set on the glass this year, where they're one of the best rebounding teams. In the country, they're they're a top twenty-five team on the glass. So that's what I want to see. I know it's a high expectation, but I think they can win this game. You know, San Francisco's not a not anywhere near as good as they were last year. So this is a winnable game, and BYU won last year in that place. So uh, I want to see them, you know, bounce back. And Mark Pope team teams tend to do that. They don't get on many losing streaks. So I'm feeling kind of you know what I'm going to say the upset, Matt. I think BYU finds a way to bounce back and spring this upset. I think they certainly can. Um, after what we saw against Santa Clara, I don't know if I feel totally confident they're going to deliver, but they can. And this is the turning point of the season to me. If you beat San Francisco, and then let's see what happens against St. Mary's, you got a chance to, I don't know, shock the world in the tournament. Yeah. If you lose later today against San Francisco, and then you lose next week at home to St. Mary's, it's the youth movement. It has to be the season's done. It's a failure because we're not going to go to any tournament. Let's now build for the future. So the the future direction of this season hinges on what happens tonight. I like that, and I like those stakes. You know, I, I think that that's it's important, and I know that's so tough because Gideon's done a lot for BYU basketball. Rudy Williams putting his his career on the line to come here and win at the highest level, but. At what point do you say we got to go with the youth movement? And I think that it's fair. I mean, you you've gone 22, 24 games. You know, if assuming these next two games, if it plays out where it kind of goes sideways, if it doesn't, and they have these big wins and they break through and beat St. Mary's, suddenly you're talking about a team that's probably going to the NIT, and maybe you're trending in the right direction to go spring an upset in the West Coast Conference tournament. Look, I, I would love it, Matt, if this team just shocks all of us and wins a conference tournament. You think about it. It's been 22 years since BYU won a conference tournament. 22 years. Not even Jimmer could get it done. Uh, it's been so long for BYU hoops to get a conference tournament. Get it done then. Like That's, that's kind of like I'm hoping, and that's the third season uh, that you can go deliver in that conference tournament and get something done there. But uh, I, I will say, I think they bounce back. Just something tells me about this game this matchup, BYU finds a way to get it done against the Dons, and they escape San Francisco with a big victory, and it sets up a, you know, a week off to go play St. Mary's next week. So that's my bold prediction for today. I like that. All right, we got to take a break. We'll wrap up the show with some, uh, some stories that we missed in the hurry up on the other side. You listen to Cougar Sports Saturday, and it's powered by KSLSports.com. Welcome back in Cougar Sports Saturday. Man, it's been a fun show uh, today here on the program. Again, BYU basketball coming up tonight. 
Cougars are going to be on the hilltop against San Francisco. So maybe you're checking out Brock Purdy and Fred Warner and the 49ers, and then you <laughs> find a way. Like, I don't know how that will work out timing-wise, but BYU and the Dons. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll stop you there. It's not going to work out. Getting from Santa Clara to the hilltop. <laughs> Is not going to happen. Yeah, today. that's a good point. That, that's just not <laughs> happening at all. But BYU, the Don, 6 p.m. tip uh, coming up tonight. Pre-game starts uh, in about two hours. Uh, you'll hear uh, Gregor Bell, Mark Durant, and the crew uh, from San Francisco. The last trip to War Memorial Gymnasium, the home of Bill Russell, Jamar, Jamari Boye, the home of Rex Walters. Uh, it should be a good game tonight between BYU and San Francisco. When we get to the end of the program, we always... Go to the hurry-up. You will not hear me give a uh, Scott Mitchell-inspired two-minute drill. I don't know what that is that he does on Unrivaled where it's like, you're going to get creme brulee in Germany. You're going to get fruffly cake in Walmart. Like, huh? What does that mean, Scott? Somebody explain it to me, please. I don't get it. But we do the hurry up here, and we get you up to speed on all the news and notes we might have missed in the program. So, Matt, go ahead. Get us started with all this NFL Films music in the background. Let's start with BOU Women's Hoops, and here's a little tease for you. We talk a lot of men's basketball. We do. And a lot of men's uh, football. Now, there's not a women's football, so I shouldn't have said men's football. Regular football. (laughs) And rightfully so. Those teams, they, they do well. You know, from time to time, though, there is a team that deserves a shout out yes. on the show. That team is BYU Women's Basketball. They are playing great hoops in WCC. Next week, we're going to have the head coach, Amber Whiting, on nice. the program. Because I think a lot of people, myself included, wondered what is going to happen. Shaley Gonzalez is leaving. Are they going to be any good? And then they struggled to start the year, but they're playing great ball in the WCC. And, uh, the, They've been really impressive, and they have a lot of talent coming in. So uh, keep your eye out for BYU women's hoops. Shout out to them, Mitch. It was a crazy hire, honestly. I mean, it was one of the most off-the-wall hires I've ever seen in BYU history, getting Amber Whiting, a coach from Burley High School. Really? And then the Big 12? But it's working out. Like, her recruiting and players are buying in Lauren Gustin is a walking double double she's getting 20 and 20 almost every night it's like it reminds me of when Kevin Love was with the T-Wolves back in his day it was like 20 20 here all the time Lauren Gustin's been fantastic and so that'll be good uh to hear from Amber Whiting now I think our producer though producer Nate who's been elevated from the new producer just producer Nate now he would probably argue I think from his days in the SID world Softball, am I right, Nate? That'd be probably the sport that also needs some shout-out every once in a while. Coach Eakin's got a squad again. I'm sure they're going to get to the NCAA tournament once again coming up this spring. Uh, speaking of softball, Violet Vavodnik. Zavodnik. Zavodnik. Ranked number 28 in D1 softball preseason top 100. BYU softball is kind of a juggernaut. They might be one of the better programs in maybe – best suited to compete in the Big 12. I know Oklahoma's a Goliath, and UCF's pretty good. It's going to be tough for any of these BYU teams, but they they might be one of the better ones uh, to contend in the Big 12 maybe down the road. This isn't really newsworthy, but I thought it was cool. What would you make of the social media posts out of the BYU football weight room? Got your first look at Keaton Slovis, Jake Ratzlip. I don't know what that freak Cosmo was doing in there. Like, Cosmo's lifting weights with the quarterback room. Cade Finnegan's throwing up, you know, uh, thumbs up. And <laughs> it was kind of funny. But it was cool to see Slovis on campus 
working out. He looks nothing like John Hamm. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> but they're on campus, man. They're working out. Like, winter conditioning is underway for BOU football. Yeah, winter conditioning. Interim strength and conditioning coach Spencer Reed, Andy Reed's son. So maybe, Nate, you can work the phones and that connection. Maybe we get Spencer on on the show hey, sometime. Dial that up. Absolutely. Tell Spencer <laughs> to tell Andy that we'd like to come to Hawaii and do a show out there with them sometime. Get work on it, guys. But winter conditioning is underway. And, you know, honestly, guys, it might be one of the most taxing parts of the, the year for the football players. I mean, they work these guys to death. And I think it's going to be part of it. It's going to be – you know, get them to the finish line, get them ready for game day week one. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to see that. You get those little glimpses of, of BYU football in the month of January. You gobble those up and slurp it up like it's uh, like it's the only thing you're going to get for a whole year. And so that little football fix was fun to watch and see those new faces. Aiden Robbins standing next to Cosmo. That's when it got real. Like, you're like, okay, Aiden Robbins, RB1, he's hanging with Cosmo. This just got real, man. This is, When you're hanging out with the, the number one mascot in America, the national champion, the Sirius XM 2020 national champion, this just got real. Nice. I don't know if I could follow that up, Mitch. That was impressive. Uh, I guess last thing. We've talked uh, touched on it a few times, but just an enormous football game tomorrow night in the Bay Area with San Francisco and Dallas. Fred Warner, all pro. What an honor. Can he make a game-changing play and become another great BYU player wearing the red and gold to have a signature win against the Cowboys? I, I cannot wait for that game. Going to be a lot of fun, and if this has been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys as well. Uh, big thanks to our board op today. Big thanks to producer Nate Slack. Follow him on Twitter. Nate always has some great takes on BYU. Follow Matt Biomonte. Matt, and uh, I'm merely Mitch Harper, I guess, in the words of Reese Davis. Uh, <laughs> you follow me, too, every once in a while on KS Sports. I will be gone for the week, uh, but I'll be back uh, coming up in two weeks here on Cougar Sports Saturday. So I'll talk to you then, and these guys will hold it down next week here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.